Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello, it's me. You there? <laughs> I am here. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, my lady. How was your week? <laughs> okay, so I think this is a perfect depiction of what my week entailed, okay? So, you know, I come home, I watch GH every night, sometimes I bundle them together, and then I watch them all together. So I You bundle them? It sounds like a nice package. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a bonus. Like you can save money if you bundle <laughs> them together and watch them at the same time. <laughs> okay, so I watch Monday's episode. I watch... <laughs> what I think is Tuesday's episode and Wednesday. But then I look back and I'm like, I feel like I'm missing something. I don't know what's happening. So I watched Monday, Wednesday, then Tuesday's episode. Oh, that's confusing. It was really confusing to my brain, but that's the way my whole week went. Work, home, GH. It was just one heck of a week and I'm glad it's Friday. (laughs) So you had a nicer way of putting it. If I were to talk about my week, I would have been like, it was one boring blur of the same stuff (laughs) and that's why I said I wasn't going to talk about my week because it would have sounded super depressing whereas yours was like a quirky version of what I was feeling so (laughs) we're gonna pretend I didn't talk right now (laughs) just (laughs) just jump into a jumbled week of general hospital let's do it there's a lot there's lots. Do you, let's, do you want to start with Dawn of Day? Oh, my God. There's lots. <laughs> okay, okay. Because it's, it's just funny because it's like it feels like a weird week because even though we had like a five-day GH week, it still feels like it was shorter than that. I guess because we were so concentrated on just some storylines over others. But let's just get into like a Dawn of Day. I kind of like that interaction between Jason and Christina. First of all, Jason has had a lot of... Um, changes since he's gotten back he's more involved he has a ton of more dialogue but Mm -hmm. that really intimate moment he had with Christina was was really sweet it was really sweet and it always still amazes me that Christina is so oblivious and cannot put herself in other people's shoes the thing because I was about to say this because you know not because I'm gullible but when Christina was talking to Jason you're right she can't seem to place herself in other people's shoes um but what I did like when Jason was going into Sam's history is just that I like that the soap opera in general is taking the time to focus on Sam's history in the way that they are like we all know her past but it's just interesting that they're taking uh, a moment to see like you know this is big and this is really what's influenced who she is and what drives her. So I I do like the spotlight on her right now. But at the same time, like from Christina's perspective, (laughs) I'm like, I can see why she doesn't get it. Because like her life's been a mess. And for the first time, she doesn't feel like she's spinning. And she can actually say, hey, I'm doing good things. Like I can actually list the actual behaviors I'm doing that can show you that I've been doing good stuff. She's even making headway with her mother. So I can kind of see in that moment when, mm-hmm. like, I could see why for her, she's just like, how could this be bad? Because even they can't find anything on Shiloh right now. I know. Nothing dramatic really anyway. Point. Well, and, and that's a really good point. So, okay, before I jump, I don't want to forget this part. So addressing Sam and kind of making her the focus right now, you made a really good point. I didn't even think about it until you started talking. Was that in soap operas, a lot of crazy stuff happened. And they just keep going on. Next storyline, yeah. next storyline. They keep moving, they keep moving. But they're taking the time to break down Christina, what has happened to her, and how it's affected her life and her decisions. Sam, yeah. how it's affected her and her relationship. Like, they're actually making it kind of real. Because, yeah, there is a lot of crazy SHIT that happens in Port Charles. But everybody just kind of still lives a somewhat normal life. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely like that because it's true. They're sort of, they're doing the exact same thing with Christina. So I really do like that. They are sort of slowing down their lives and laying it out in front of you. Because when he lists all the things that Sam has gone through in her life, it's a lot. Like you wonder why, like not everyone doesn't have a therapist. I guess it's hard because there's apparently there's only one in Port And Charles. he's a murderer. Two. And there's yeah. a new one though, which we'll yeah. talk about later. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so you were mentioning Christina's dinner with Sunny. She's had a couple of interactions with Sunny this week, no? She has. And I, I really love that like dad daughter relationship they have. It's very, they have a good one. Yes. And it's so sweet. And I just love like, just like Sunny's expressions this week. And his eye rolls and his head tilts and just the way he well, goes with people, much less Christina, this week. Was when, you're, 
<laughs> when you're talking about Sonny's reactions to people, you must be talking about when he finally gets to meet Shiloh. With Shiloh, with Alexis, with Christina. Like, Sonny had my gold star. This, well, part of my gold star this week. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. So why don't we start with him and um, and Shiloh? It, like, it makes me so nervous when Sonny meets, like, I guess in my opinion, like, regular people because Sonny is just huge <laughs> and he's in a league of his own and he's in his own world you know it's kind of like when you put him and Spinelli together it like he's just sort of like he doesn't know what to do with it and it's always weird when Sonny meets like regular people like I didn't know how it was gonna go over when he meets somebody like Shiloh I know I honestly held my breath when I saw the three of them in that scene I'm like oh man what's gonna go down now <laughs> It was so funny. Like, first of all, you have, like, you have Christina just staring in complete awe at Shiloh, which was, it's, it's just, it's completely insane. So you have somebody here pointing it out. They're like, um, the, the one that deserves it all. She was like, look at how day she looks when looking at him. And she was like, while she's looking at Shiloh in awe, you have Sunny who's just staring him down. And it's almost like Christina wasn't even present at that interaction. She thought it was the most pleasant thing. My dad's meeting Shiloh. Meanwhile, Sonny is making a blatant accusation to him that you're somehow taking advantage of my daughter and also threatening him at the same time. And she's completely oblivious. That's a really good point. Like I didn't catch in the moment, I did catch that she, when she looks at it at Shiloh, when Christina looks at Shiloh, she kind of looks at him all doe-eyed and she is enamored with him. I think not just because of Dawn of Day, but I genuinely think she has feelings for him, especially when she's in that scene with Sam, sorry, and Shiloh. And I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place. <laughs> My brain well, that, is wired all messed up today. That does but, kind um, of, yeah, I think it does show that she she obviously likes Shiloh for more than just helping her. Exactly. And I agree with you. Like when she looks at Shiloh interacting with Sunny, like wouldn't you be a little bit nervous that your dad, Sonny, the mob boss, is meeting this guy and that not everything may be full of roses because you see it that way in this moment? No, like she's in La La Land. <laughs> and I mean, I guess Sam's right. You know, like last week I was like, I'm so gullible because I would have bought into some of this Dawn of Day stuff. And then Sam uses this hilarious term where she's like, Christina doesn't have strong mental defenses. <laughs> So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with that, that she's just not all there. Like she's like, honestly, she was so not present and connected that moment. And she was not reading the room properly at all. And thank goodness for her. She has sunnies. So orange K at three twenty seven said, good thing. Her dad is sunny Corinthos. Don't mess with a mob guy's daughter. And honestly, I am surprised that Shiloh hasn't thought twice about getting mixed up with Sonny's daughter or even just meeting him for that matter. Also, M-E-C-M-P-K said, thank goodness for Sonny. Shiloh is creepy. Hell yeah. Christina is clueless. If Shiloh goes missing, hopefully he can take his DOT cult with him. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, and then WV47, it, this is just funny. She's like, uh, they said, don't ever mess with Sunny. 100% agree. And then I love their follow-up comment, which is what is wrong with that girl? And like we talked about, what's wrong with her is that she doesn't have the mental defenses to deal with Shiloh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I think that's pretty much it there with, with Christina as to why she's kind of doing what she's doing. But another thing about that scene, so before Shiloh even walks in, you know, Sunny and Christina, they're having a moment and he's just come off of meeting with Anna where he's asking about Dante and so what was really interesting about that interaction with with um, Anna is that she responded to Sunny saying he'll come home it's just a question of when so I think that's an absolute clue to the audience that he will be back but that had me thinking because right now everybody including Sunny is worried about Dante now because they can't get in touch with him I'm starting to think, save the worry and concern, and maybe the concern should be for when he gets back. Because Dante has been so deep undercover for so long, is he really going to be able to drop the whole criminal persona he's been living for so long and come back to his good boy, good cop life? <gasps> Ooh, that is a very, very well said very good observation. Oh my God. So I never even thought about that. That would be incredibly interesting to see. How and that another, 
And another way to maybe, I don't know if that would rip things apart between him and Lulu. I mean, they obviously have issues to work on should he return. But I think that would be interesting. And it also touches on what Maurice Bernard had said. So when he was on a Facebook Live interview, he had made a suggestion that he thought it would be interesting to have Dante run the business out of like all of his uh, children on the show. Wow. So we might actually see that come, come to be. That would be, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what's going to happen there. Because we know that him and Lulu can't last, but what is going to be the final... The final, the final thing that's the edge, exactly. So it's just really interesting because all this time we've always been talking about Dante in the frame of Lulu, like, oh, he'll probably just come back and like finalize a divorce and that'll be that. But I never really thought about how they could make it even more interesting and how could it be way more than just about Lulu if he does come back. So I'm really excited to see that. And so another like small bit of the whole Dawn of Day storyline you think that Jason didn't know any better. How can you lead with, especially with Carly, oh, Sam, yeah. Dumpney? I'm like, I'm just saying, you just got Sam back. And if you want to keep her in one piece, then you don't tell that to Carly. You don't just say, she broke up with me, just like that, without giving I, context. I know, I loved her reaction. Like, why didn't you start with that? Like, why did you explain it that way? Like, her reaction was perfect and priceless as always I like and I absolutely think, love it I think I like to think that he was probably poking fun at her because I'm sorry he knows her way better than that and he knows exactly what to expect from a Carly reaction um but something really interesting about that scene the fact that Obrecht popped in and sort of mm-hmm. dropped hints on Carly's grandkid I mean Carly just was hurt by it obviously but Jason he nothing gets by him and so he that. obviously was seeing more to Obrecht's comment than Carly was. And I really like that. They're just kind of giving us openings to show that this story is, is going to go somewhere and sooner mm-hmm. than later. I think so too. Like I think dropping the hints and I mean, I like it when we have all these different avenues how something can come can come to light. So that'll be really, really interesting to see. So I don't know about you, but the other sort of like Shiloh, Sam stuff. So Sam started out this week with Shiloh Oh, I don't even know how she does it to spend that much time with him. But she was at the Metro Court talking about her personal life with him, like talking about her brother, Danny. Yes. At that moment when she started doing that, I was like, it's game on. Her con has began. Oh, yeah. And she's so good. And I love when she makes the little faces when he's not looking. Like, oh, my God. Okay, I got to get through this. <laughs> but he doesn't seem to catch on. Like, yeah, she's conning him. But even today, do you want to know my, what my notes are for, for Sam and Shiloh at the Donna Day house? What is it? Ew. <laughs> I, just, I, I just, I mean, you can go ahead. I just couldn't today. I was just like, it, it grosses me out because are you getting a hint of like Shiloh thinks that there could be more here? Oh, 1000%. He's Ew. like reaching out for her hand, helping her with the jacket, Ew. talking about her love life, um, inviting her to Valentine's Day. Yeah, like he, there's something about him. Like, I don't know. If he, okay, how is he able to manipulate everyone and not, like, she's not exactly pretending, like, she's not doing an amazing job, like, today, anyway, of, like, <laughs> pretending to be into what he's saying. She's kind of, like, hot, cold, and maybe that's what he likes, and maybe he's not really focused because he might have an interest in her, like, a romantic interest in her that he's not really fully on his game, but I'm just, like, this girl's not acting all that interested in you. Like, she's being, like, super fake with you, and clearly well, Christina see- could see it. Her mental defenses were up. <laughs> like, I don't know if they were up necessarily or if she's a little jelly. Well, when she first walked in, like, she was definitely jealous when she found them later. But before she had left, before, like, Shiloh dismissed her and sent her off on an errand. <laughs> yes, which is so I mean, she, she was clearly suspicious of Sam. And I think she knew her sister enough to be like, hey, this is a little out of character for you. Like, you love me, but you're not exactly going to bend over backwards (laughs) to integrate and, like, really believe in the things that I'm believing. She would infiltrate a cult for her 100%. We're seeing that now. But Sam, no, she's not going to just start coming to seminars for you. So maybe it's not just about, maybe it's a little bit about Sam who she is. Maybe it's Sam in her past. Sam is a beautiful woman. But maybe it's also the challenge of getting people to believe in what he's doing. Making people a believer is maybe a high for him. I think so. I think for him... Like, she would be a big fish to catch, especially the fact that she conned a bunch of people, including his father. But I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't think he's that bright. <laughs> I, I don't think so either. I don't think, he's, I don't think he's on his game all that much when it comes to Sam right now. Okay, but 
we're still talking about Donna Day. What did you think of all of the other ways it was pushed into the episode? Oh, After okay. the DA. Yeah. Uh, can you like, believe the DA had <laughs> I can. I can. She's so broken. <laughs> She's so broken and lonely. Um, so I'm not surprised. Because when I saw it, I was like, ooh, is this what sort of the, the next case, the PCD, the PCPD is going to, like, massacre after <laughs> Ryan's <laughs> You took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> But then I was thinking, no, like I can see, especially if you like look at her conversation that she had with Sunny, like I've let that go. Like I'm not doing that. And she's trying to hold herself back and just trying to be more appropriate. I just feel like, no, like she's, she's looking for something more because she spent all of her time being obsessed with Sunny. So there's nothing left inside of her. So I wouldn't be surprised that she's reading this book for herself. I love how Sunny is like, this book is stupid. And then the bartender is like, (laughs) It totally helped me. And he's like, fine, let me just look at it again. (laughs) I know, which I thought was, I was going to say exactly that, but in a different way. The only person that I believed that actually got helped by this was the bartender. He sold that really well. He sold it to Sunny. He sold it to me. I was like, oh, yeah, one guy. (laughs) And I think, I think I'm less concerned for somebody who reads the book and who doesn't necessarily like, like join them, like, or lives with them. So there, there, there is that part too. But even the <laughs> fact that Sunny realizes that like even Alexis is buying into it. I just think she's copping out of like, like, like being the bad guy in Christina's life, to be honest. I agree. I think that Alexis is partially giving up just because she doesn't want to fight with Christina. She wants to give that role to Sam. She wants to be Christina's friend. She doesn't always want to have to fight with her every single time they interact. I guess it's a good thing. I guess the only thing that's good about that is that there are people that know how to handle Shiloh in Christina's life that are there to protect her. Because clearly Alexis wouldn't have ever been able to protect her in this situation. No, that's true. But okay, so when we're talking about Sunny and Alexis, I was giggling <laughs> so much at their conversation at the table when he was making all those faces. And then when he says a thing, he says like, oh, Alexis, are you into this? And Alexis says to Sunny something to the effect of like, yeah, now I'm into like meditation and burning incense. And, I know. and they both look. And I, <laughs> I know. Face was hilarious. And then he said something like, oh, does this have anything to do with Julian? It was just the way he said his name. Like, I couldn't stop laughing. It was He's so like a cute. high school boy. Like, he was really <laughs> yeah. funny in the way that he was teasing her. But I mean, sometimes you can say that Alexis is like a teenage girl when it comes to her love life. But I just like, she's the one spewing all of her crap. And then <laughs> paddling it back when people are kind of on the nose about her stupidity. And I just thought that was so funny. Like the way he just is, deals with her and the tone of voice that he uses. Like, I think, um, I think when she's like, we shouldn't talk about this anymore. He whispers, okay. Like just completely mocking her. <laughs> but even before this conversation starts, okay, what did this mean? Alexis, before he comes to the table, she sees him interacting with the DA and gives him that knowing smile. To me, that's a knowing smile you give to a friend that you know has just been flirting with someone, like doing their thing, like being them. And then he walks and then he comes and sits with her. And I'm just like, um, this is really weird. It's a really weird, like smile or smirk or look to give to your like baby daddy who's like married. I don't know. It was just really strange because I'm like, that's what I felt it was, that she knew what he was doing. I don't know if it's that, hey, you're flirting with the DA or or there you are doing that thing you do with like the DAs <laughs> or lawyers or her. I don't know. I think it's a little bit of everything. I mean, she knows who Sonny is. We all do. And he is a very charming individual. And he was just, you know, flirting it up. Maybe she's wondering, what is he trying to get out of her? I, okay, yes. That makes me feel a little bit better about that. Because I was just all kinds of <laughs> ill on it. <laughs> but I mean, don't you think it's a bit embarrassing how many people know that Alexis is being a little creepy and crazy when it comes to Julian? Especially Julian. <laughs> Yeah, he's being, because, like, Julian is being very, um, like, I'm, I'm, I kind of want to say hot and cold, but he's yeah. been really stern lately with Alexis. And I think even for him, you know, he's not with her anymore, but I think he knows this is not good for her. And he knows what his actions did last time. I mean, she really spiraled. She ended up having issues with alcohol after. And I think he just wants to be like, hey, this is probably not a good behavior for you to have. But it's just insane that he's even noticing it. Like, it's too much. Like, for somebody who has a problem with alcohol and an obsession with Julian, you find yourself at bars often and at Julian's bar. I know. So here's the thing. Like, Julian is obviously 
a very kind person. And the people he loves, he chooses to protect them in very odd ways. So his comment to um, Alexis today, like, you know, for somebody who's my ex, you're very much involved in what's going on in my life. Like, you, it was like we were talking to Alexis. He, yeah. was, very, he was very honest. And then she kind of got all flustered. But then she didn't storm out. She went in no. the opposite direction to the bar. And I started laughing once again. I'm like, what is happening here? Like, why is she still there? And I, I do agree with you. I think he's doing this to push her aside the same way he did it with Kim. He made a specific choice to protect the people he loved, regardless of how that affects him. I, I think that too. And But to like, to your point about Alexis, like her choices, for one, she had walked in when he saw when she saw Julian with Kim. Walked out. Oh, yeah. I thought she left. No, no, no. She lingered at the entrance <laughs> to make a very personal, private phone call that apparently could not be done in her car. And oh, then, once she got irritated by her ex, so much, so irritated that she sat down at a bar and then proceeded to vent about her ex to a perfect stranger. Like it was just so embarrassing and not to mention do you realize that she left a restaurant to then go to another restaurant she left the metro court to then go to charlie's go home alexis like go home like oh my gosh like i don't even think she has an office i think she's lying about it i think she's lying about being a lawyer and having an office i think she's just like a professional customer at restaurants oh my god that's freaking hilarious actually <laughs> oh but that, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw her go to Charlie's I was like did you not just finish eating somewhere did you not just finish being at a restaurant <laughs> oh man but it, obviously that guy turns out to be her therapist and that I call that like the minute the minute she started blabbing to him like oh yeah that's the guy <laughs> she yeah. cannot have a love interest that makes her happy and be normal so then why is Jordan acting like Kevin is the only man in town. <laughs> um, that's a good question. <laughs> oh man! So this week was a like a lot sort of happened with this with this storyline. So I mean, last week we were kind of like laughing on this idea of Kevin. Well, Ryan obviously hypnotizing Lulu. Because at first I was thinking, oh, he's gonna manipulate her memories. But then I was like, wait a sec, he's not an actual therapist. He can't hypnotize her. Boy, was I wrong. He's a That's real good pretender. He confused me the most. Like, did he Google it? Did he get hypnosis for dummies? You know, Maybe like he stared he... at that certificate long enough and everything <laughs> just just got in oh, there. That is... We need a butt on that joke. <laughs> <laughs> but Salem Cat 4 was like poor Franco, because we all know the consequence of that hypnosis session is that Franco gets accused. But she writes, how does Ryan even know hypnosis or even enough to pull off being a doctor? I'd like to know that too. Me too, I'd like to know that. And then I was like, when he was putting Lulu under and it was just, what did he say? He's like, okay, blah, 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 blah. Relax, relax. But just the way his face he was went, being aggressive this week. Voice, exactly. You're like, how is that supposed to make me relax when Kevin Ryan tells me to relax in his murdery voice? Like, how does that work exactly? But everyone just believes in him that everything just sort of works out because they just believe. And look, I was just a, like, at first, I felt like Laura's rationale because she wanted to postpone the hypnosis and she gave the rationale. Can we give it a day or two? And I liked what she said. Your, your mind is protecting your body. And there's a reason why you don't remember right now. And so she was trying to plead her case, but then Jordan pops in with, well, you know, we don't want anyone else to get hurt. But in my mind, I was like, but that sounds more like a Jordan problem than a Laura problem. Isn't it your uh, problem that the murder is still out there? Not so much Laura's. And why on earth did Jordan think, hey, I think that we should get the witness's ex-father-in-law to be the hypnotherapist. That would be super appropriate. And not only that, after I've been told that this particular therapist may be experiencing his own psychotic break, I still think he's the best candidate for the job. Like, wouldn't you want all of this to not be tainted? I couldn't get over that. I found that very difficult because I know the poor Charles court system is vastly different than the real world. However, <laughs> being fictional <laughs> and all, you know, but I'm like, how is that even admissible? Honestly? Well, they, okay, so they address that Franco under hypnosis. So now they have to find the evidence. But still, the whole pushing to get Kevin, the not being allowed in the room, the not at least doing the research to find out if other hypnosisers, hypnotherapists, <laughs> hypnotherapists 
ask, uh, you know, ask somebody else. Ask somebody else. Like, isn't there a town over called like Beach whatever? Beecher, Beecher's Corner. Right, Beecher's Corner. Oh, there's no a beach. Okay, but um, <laughs> but the thing with Jordan is that first of all, I don't know where where she got it in her mind that it was okay for her to pick a therapist just like that for them. Not yeah. to mention, you're like she's worked with the PCBD. So you're telling me you go you go to work and in your Rolodex under like therapist that can help the PCPD all you have is Olivia when she used to have visions and Kevin there's nobody else on that <laughs> list like, nobody not. else. because I'm just like come on there's not one other person that you can call that at the very least the witness and you know the mother not even the mother the mayor and sometimes I'm just like Laura you are the mayor you run everybody in that town like don't hesitate to just be like no I don't think so yeah, pull your power, use your, use your power, pull your weight, do whatever you have to do. And you get to protect your kid. Like I did not like Jordan's approach at all this week. And I know it's just the lines that she's spitting out, but I was just not a fan of how um, pushy she was about this whole situation and who she was pushing in their direction. But it, it was like her desperation in the case. It's sort of like something happens. They're supposed to be police officers, which means you have ideas, you have theories, but you need to have proof. So every time something sparked her belief in something, it, it just sort of ruled her. Like it always does. And that's the thing. Notice that every time they go crazy, Curtis mm. is not around. Ooh, very good point. Interesting. And I'm like, where's Curtis to be like, this is too stupid for words. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I used to think that like, once everything comes to a head, that Jordan would never keep her job. I mean, hello, you had the serial killer consulting on our case. First of all, she like, <laughs> she thinks that's already happening. Like she's already feeling betrayed because she thinks, you know, Franco, who also consulted, mm -hmm. was sort of misleading her. And I was just like, oh my God, hold on to that feeling in 10 times worse because you are onto something. But it's just, I used to think she would get fired. But now that Laura became mayor, I don't know if she would get fired because Laura was married to the guy. Not just married to him, but if she couldn't know, how would the PCPD know? But maybe it was their job to know. Oh, true. Yeah, that's not going to go anywhere. So, I mean, it would be interesting if Laura's in a position to, like, fire Jordan over this. <laughs> but anyways, I know, but it's interesting to see. So, one thing that I thought was really interesting was that Laura and Jordan were, like, forget Jordan. Laura said she wanted to be right outside the door. But I was just finding this so funny that Lulu was talking so loud during her session that I'm like, yes. if Laura had been outside and not chit-chatting with, with Jordan somewhere else, she would have heard everything. Oh, absolutely. Like, it was so funny. And her expressions and just how she kept repeating the same thing over and over again. They just had to stand a little closer to the door and they would have known everything that was happening. Oh, my God. But Lulu's loudness was really getting me. And then, like, Kevin would try to tone her back down. But then he'd, like, like that's the thing. Like, like the storyline is insane. But I just kind of love those moments. Even though I hate Ryan. But I love those moments where he starts giggling at his own, like, that he's getting away with it. Like when Lulu was like, it's Franco. He's like, he, he, he in the background. I think those things are kind of like funny. But later on, we see that he is wiping the licenses because now step two of his plan, let me just plant oh. some evidence. So yeah. when he was doing that, did you notice that when he was rubbing the licenses, he just kept wiping the front? I was like, your thumbs and your index, like, like you're holding the front and the back of the license. Do you ever just hold the front of a license? Like he wasn't wiping the backs of any of them. I was like, you're oh, not I super good at this. I didn't notice that at all, but I'm like, is that really all it takes? You just take a towel or a Kleenex and you just like wipe it all up? <laughs> I guess so. Well, for the PCPD, yeah. Like not only do you just wipe things, you just place them somewhere and they're like, you did it. <laughs> and it's just like, it, it's, it's completely insane. And before we talk a bit more on the evidence, which I personally think that Liz did an amazing job at, at doing, I just have to say, like, I normally love Chase, but I just didn't appreciate him being argumentative with Ava. Like, she's still the victim's mother. Like, you still yeah. haven't solved her daughter's murder. And when she walks up to talk to you and you're throwing out Franco and she's like, you know, can you guys actually try to focus on the real killer here? Like, Franco had nothing to do with this. And she's perfectly accurate in all of that. I just felt like he could have treated her better. And then he kind of proceeded to be a dum-dum again, which, well... I'm not going to say it surprises me, but um, when he goes to Kevin, I forget, maybe he needed extra information. At this point, Franco's already been arrested. He sees that Ava's in the room. Mm -hmm. And then he goes in and starts to have clearly a police matter type discussion with Kevin and then opts to not fill Ava in. She's the, she's the mother of one of the victims. And you're not going to turn around and tell her what's going on? 
And then Kevin, as usual, he just jumps in and takes control and was like, well, let me just tell her because like she's going to find out. Just the way she, he did with everything with Jordan and Laura. He wouldn't stop kind of giving the final word with everything. So true. So Chase, and you brought this up to me, that when Chase is a cop, he's just vastly different than when he's like the regular guy on the street. Right. So he has this specific persona and way of being that is not really good with people when he's a cop. And no. exactly that. When he got into the room with Kevin, shouldn't he be... He should have asked for privacy with Kevin as opposed to just laying it all out. Of course, she's going to ask questions. And if you're not ready to talk about it, bud, then you shouldn't have brought it up in front of somebody else. Exactly. But didn't you like the fact that, you know, Ava, of course, she's hurting over her daughter. Oh, and I want to point this out. So this this might touch in a bit of last week's storyline, but I thought this comment I found was really amazing about Ava. So John... Luton Lutonager said, I love the storyline of Ava losing Kiki and grasping onto anything, including psychics, in an attempt to make it right. It's very realistic and prompts an interesting reaction. So, um, you know, I I know like a lot of us, you don't like losing certain characters, but the thing is, even like events that happen in soap operas that you don't like can make for a really good story and really can enrich other characters as a result and with Ava like she's got so much going on she's already a complicated person as it is and this just adds layers to her so we saw how vulnerable she was and she is desperate now but she's a bit stronger like she's still she's gotten a bit of her strength back and the funny thing is to the credit of Ryan but he made her strong enough to kind of like have that fight in her because when he grabbed her arm I was like are you kidding like yes she was hurt but this girl is far from fragile and she didn't hesitate to question everything. I loved it. And if looks could kill, he would have been dead 10 times already. So Stacy 4MC said, yay, I love how tough the ladies on GH are getting tougher and smarter because Ava was grilling him. Yes. Go get him, Ava and Laura. On another Laura and Ava note, I kind of like this. This is in reference to a scene we saw last week, but I thought it was really worth mentioning. So Parker Hadia said, love the moment between Laura and Ava because it was so real and sweet. It was real because Laura didn't suddenly start liking Ava just because she's in mourning. And it was sweet that she was able to put her hatred aside to comfort a grieving mother, despite Ava trying to pressure Lulu. So I just wanted to say that because I think she really captured why that moment was really special. Oh, I agree. She said it really well. Oh, agreed. So I'm just, I'm like, the thing is, I know everyone's frustrated over Franco being arrested, but I mean, like, it's like, to me, I just feel like his arrest is at sort of the beginning of the end of the storyline. Because okay. now people, like, in my head, it's just like now people are forced to because Franco's in a position where he knows he didn't do it and he has to think, like, the killer is still out there and if, I, I'm hoping he, he goes this far, but to understand that people need to be protected because if somebody was able to go into his studio, like, he might be worried about Elizabeth and all the people that are close to him, that person is still out there. So now you're forcing somebody to be driven enough and like everybody else like Griffin and everybody who loved Griffin were forced to kind of clear his name Everybody real Carly was forced to sort of clear her name Peter was forced to clear his name so it's not the police doing the work it's everyone being accused that's forced to kind of think outside the box and try to find answers because nobody right now would be more motivated to find answers than Franco and everybody who believes in him which includes Ava well exactly I think now that Ava is going to be on this and you know do you think like Ava and Elizabeth would team up like, do you know what I'm thinking <laughs> what? well I mean you have yeah. you got Scott so I mean already with Scott and Ava like teaming up it's just that of course I think Elizabeth's going to help she'll do anything to help Franco but I also think she's a bit of a liability like she's the kind of one in a team that gets sort of like maybe kidnapped or hurt and you have to like yeah. save her and she slows you down so I think that yes she will help but I I, I don't know she'll slow it down this week I loved Elizabeth you know at the skating rink um supporting Franco them in the art room like how come we don't have any scenes with the two of them just doing art together I think it's really cute actually I would and, like um, it if she can get back into that a bit like more yeah and then how she schooled the PCPD I mean I, I know you have something to bring up about that but when Elizabeth telling the PCPD what to do and schooling them, like, come on now, come on. It was it was really amazing to see because I was thinking of all those things. Isn't this, some, doesn't this fit the MO 
of the um of the killer to begin with. So Melissa Schultz, so at the Pretty Pixie on Twitter, said Elizabeth dressing down Jordan and Margot with logic and actual case facts. Super well said. And Franco's smile when she brought up Carly's hair and the knife found at Griffin's. This is the Elizabeth I like. I miss her spunkiness. And I have to say, like, she's not always my favorite character. My love for her is very context specific. But I mean, honestly, everything about her lately, like every time she's with Aiden, there's a lightness about her. She's super playful with him and everything with the whole Franco storyline, like her reaction to everything. Like I was right there with her when she was mad at chasing the police for ransacking the art room. I mean, really? These were patients artwork. Did you really need to rip all that? I know. I was on her side all the way too. I was. I too- was. And I, I kind of wish that they showed, they showed what happened at her house because I would like the story to, to really be real because you have her three sons that like three. And I mean, Cameron, finally Cameron is on board with Franco. So now you have three of her sons that are pretty much on board with this guy having their lives ripped apart. And unlike the other kids, you know, Cameron's in high school, people can read the paper and know that his stepdad or stepdad to be was Franco. And so part of me would have loved to have seen maybe, you know, what happened to the kids at her house. And so, and also maybe the fallout with Cameron, because I think that's a reality given the storyline. Like if we're going to throw it, I think we have to take these things into consideration too. I agree. Like you said, especially with Cam, because they had that scene in the art room where it was Cam and Franco, where they kind of made peace and they started this new relationship, you know, based on trust and, and moving forward and really being a family together. So that would have been, I agree with you. I would have liked to see how that would have played out. Yeah. And I want to see like the boys reactions to all of this too. But you know what I think is interesting is right now it appears to be this sort of like Elizabeth, Ava, Scott, Franco thing. But I'm just wondering, like if other people were to find out, like Sunny seems to go along that the person is Franco, but it would have been interesting if somebody like Carly, like somebody who doesn't like Franco goes, isn't this weird? Because Carly has information in a way that she doesn't know. You know what I mean? Like Laura and Carly, they're always around each other, but they're still not sharing enough information, which made me laugh because we've talked about this case before. We said, let's just get the whole town in on it. And I loved Franco's reaction to everything (laughs) when he was just like, well, why don't we get the whole town in here and everybody who's a size 12? And I was thinking like the moment he got arrested, I was thinking this guy should sue. And then it was really funny to see how he ends up saying that the following day. And I honestly hope he does. He said, I will own this town when I'm done with you. And at this point, I kind of hope that that's true. And so a few other things about the storyline. So, so like when Ava and, and Kevin had that fight, clearly she looks like she's on the way to forgiving him or she feels she's made a mistake somehow because she goes to his office. But before that, I felt like, the last thing she said to him was like, you know, I don't really like you at all. So I thought, oh, is this going to be the moment she's like, let me go gather your crap from my house and like put it in a pile. So at that moment, um, this is exactly what I was thinking too. So Lula Bell 66 goes, what happened to the shoes that had blood on them? So that's what I was kind of hoping that Ava would get so mad. She'd go home, like toss Kevin's stuff together, maybe find the bloody shoes. And then she also had another thought which was Franco will find Kevin at Ferncliff. I thought this was interesting, but I'm kind of scared because if, if Franco finds him at Ferncliff, it means some kind of court proceeding happened to get him sent there. And I'm hoping it doesn't really go that far. What you were saying about Carly and having somebody like that on the other end of things, defending Franco, I can see that happening because she was wrongly accused. However, she's the one that would speak out the most. Griffin, you know, he's lost in La La Land. He's in Fight Club. He did the shoulder roll with Elizabeth. He's totally in a yeah. Fight Club. And then but there's Carly yeah. well, And I really is... believe that she'll, she'll be the one to, to maybe add to the story. I mean, there are lots of people who've been talking about that. I really feel that she's going to be one of them. Yeah, like, I, it's interesting how you point out the difference between Carly and Griffin, because they were both accused. It's just like you said, Griffin is not in that place right now. Not like it's just that even Elizabeth, like I don't know, you could, I don't think she could have really um, expected too much comfort from Griffin in particular. Oh, absolutely. He he basically doesn't want to be around people. He doesn't want to talk to anybody. He always looks cute and angry though. But what are you gonna do? Well, I mean, a part of me feels like nothing's gonna happen to him. But this person had the funniest comment. So Brown Sugar Baby on 2018 said this. So she's talking about Ryan. He needs to go. And now he's targeting Griffin, who's really sexy. I'm so sick of him. <laughs> I'm just like, 
Oh my god, that made me laugh so much. Um, yeah, like okay, wait. There's this thing. There was the part that I thought was so funny. Okay, so you know when they're sitting beside each other, so Griffin and Kevin beside each other on the bench, and Kevin has never made Kevin Ryan (laughs) has never made a hug sound like so sleazy. I actually wrote it down. He's like, "Were you embrace? I saw you embracing Ava." (sighs) And I was like, oh my God, it sounds so creepy and wrong. Why were you staring at them embracing then? It was just a hug. <laughs> and then when he goes, you're next. Oh my gosh, goose bumps. Ugh. The, thing, the thing is, is that Griffin had a nice moment with Ava. And I know like, obviously not much time passed since the bench and when like Kevin goes after Griffin. But part of me was thinking, you know, had there been more time, you know, that's kind of something Griffin should maybe take to Ava. Be like, what's going on? Because I think that would add to the red flags for Ava. And obviously, Ava is already in, I want to forgive, like, Kevin mode. And so, because I had kind of wondered, if she were to bump into Laura again, like, I wonder if she would have been vulnerable enough to ever ask the question, like, has Kevin ever, like, put his hands on you before? Has Kevin really ever gotten angry? Like, I would have liked those little droplets of hints because they would add to the red flags. And we need those red flags about Kevin. I agree. I'm just... Oh, it just, Ava, I want her to figure it out. Why wasn't she more concerned? Why wasn't she more weirded out? Even though she may have been wrong or he, whatever the case may have been, that is not an appropriate reaction to being mad at someone. When Kevin grabbed her arm, yeah, <laughs> it's an appropriate response. And yes, it would have been great if she spoke to Laura and had an opportunity to speak to Griffin. Because even though Kevin didn't say anything super weird, it's like the way he was he looking at it. The way he acted the cold stare, the talking about blood. It was a really bizarre conversation that I would have taken to Ava in a heartbeat. And to be honest, like after Ava's conversation with Franco, I'm still not certain as to why she feels like a change of heart towards Kevin. Still not there, but I'm wondering if in her search for Kevin, she finds him on the roof with Griffin. Oh, I freaking hope so. And also, oh, come to the Kevin, come to the roof with me, Griffin, because this is the best view of the memorial. Like really? Really? Why is this normal? Well, you don't like the guy. Like, you don't even want to be around Elizabeth. This is somebody you like because you're hurt, but you're going to, like, yield to Kevin, who's like, give me your time. Let's go to a roof together. So bizarro. Whatever. I mean, I just hope he doesn't die or anything bad happened there. And I really do think, like, how you pointed out, I really do think that Ava's going to be the one. Because now that we have Franco in custody, I think it is up to Ava. And I think we might get an Ava Ryan face off. I really do. I really do think Ava's face will be the last thing that man ever sees. <gasps> oh my gosh. I really hope so. So we had um we had somebody come back to town. Oh goodness. Sasha. She came back to town and she's also changing her tune. She sure is. I really did like her hair. It was quite beautiful. And um yeah, her feelings towards Valentine, her reaction to Nina. She's feeling protective towards Nina. And yeah, just well, yeah, did you I found hear that. why? Did you hear like her her kind of motivation? I she was did. saying she was saying that like Nina was helping her kind of cope with her mom not being around because her mom had passed. Yes, and I like that there's a bond there. I thought for a second though that she would um that she would try to blackmail Valentine for more money or something. Just in the way she was speaking to him, I wasn't sure the direction she was going with that. No, she's Saint Sasha. She's all there about the good like she's all there for the goodness of being good apparently and looking out for Nina and spending time with her. I know. So do we think she's going to stay around town? I think if she, well, she said she only had a couple of days before her next job, but I think if she is around, it might be to protect Nina. And if nobody else figures it out, Sasha might risk possibly losing her whole relationship with Nina because now she has something to lose. Because before it was a con fine and she did grow to like her. But now the fact that she came back for another visit shows that she really does care about Nina and cares about that relationship. So it's possible she'll put that relationship on the line if push comes to shove and she feels that Nina really needs to know. And I don't understand Nina. So, I mean, she's obviously had issues in her marriage with Valentine. He's lied to her a lot. And I guess her conclusion was, the best reason to remarry him is to stick it to my stepdaughter's second grade teacher. So weird. So weird. I don't understand what her motivation is. Um, But I was thinking about what you said before, before I forget. So you really think (laughs) this poll is just getting the best. I don't even listen to me. (laughs) So Sasha 
you think we'll unveil you don't think Peter and Maxie will figure it out first <sighs> I think I, I wonder, I think, I mean, they're bringing it up. Like, first of all, there was a lot of Valentine thrown around there. So mm-hmm. first, when, um, when they were having that conversation about Maxie asking the favor of Peter, which, by the way, I still feel like, should you really be asking him of this? Oh, but then okay. when Peter was like, is this about Valentine? Which was interesting because Obrecht was in the room when he said this. And then later on, Maxie and him sort of having a talk about Valentine. I mean, Maxie is showing concern. For Nina, and she's showing that she likes Sasha, but clearly has a feeling that there's something possibly there. But I just don't know how far Maxie's willing to go in regards to her concern for Nina. Because right now, I think that she might be concerned. She knows who Valentine is. But I think because Maxie has her own situation, I think she's kind of maybe seeing Nina's through that same filter. Like, we're both people in relationships with people that maybe we shouldn't be. So I don't really know if Maxie will see it beyond that. That's a really good point. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. If you were standing about an inch away from a super hot guy that wanted to kiss you and your text went off, I sent you a text, you didn't know it was me, all your phone did was beep. Would you look at your phone or would you kiss the guy? I wouldn't look at my phone. Like when he stood up in front of her <laughs> super slowly and was like, practically moving his body closer to hers I was like is this gonna happen or what you know like people are finally no longer being clueless about the whole thing and they finally were about to kiss later and I just thought it was so hilarious slash annoying when Anna showed up yeah just before just before Anna shows up I thought something Okay, so when Obrecht goes over to celebrate her job with Anna and Robert and Finn, part of me was like, is this the whole, like, Ava Carly thing part two? Like, you have no friends, so you have to celebrate things with frenemies. But then I realized Obrecht was just rubbing this in her face. And then I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) And so she runs up. And, I mean, I find the whole interaction with them funny. Like, we've talked about this before. Like, in the context of... Peter and Anna, like, Peter doesn't think Anna is anything special, and he doesn't really want to have a relationship with her. Like, if it wasn't for all the people that he kind of was making connections with, like, if it wasn't for them being connected to Anna, I don't even know if he would have had, like, I don't even know if he'd bother at this point. Because she's not really giving him much of a choice about having her in his life. That's really true, and Maxie also pushes that point and answers for him when he doesn't necessarily want to be a part of that conversation. Exactly. So I think Anna is in his life by default and not because he really wants it. I mean, I like how Maxie jumps in just to sort of end the thing when he's more like, oh, my God, just get out of here. But I kind (laughs) of like that that dynamic. Like, he's pretty much like, oh, mom, like, gal, like, it's just (laughs) such a it's such a funny relationship. But again, I just I always find it a little bit funny. Like, she's super special in all these other relationships. Like, even if you watch the way Finn is with her. And, ad- and very admiring of her. Like, it's just not like that with Peter. And you can't blame him. You know, his story is Anna is that she left me. And the consequences of her leaving me were really horrible for me. I was raised by, like, a terrorist, an international terrorist. So, like, I'm not super fond of her because years later I found out that wasn't her intention. Oh, my God. It just sounds weird when you say it out loud. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Do you not love the... Okay, so before... I talk about like how super amazing Finn and Robert are. Like I used to like Finn and Anna and I still do, but Finn and Robert, they've got <laughs> some kind of chemistry, those two guys, but about Peter. So underscore Christina 78 says she loves this mom and son. And then Philippine 1983 said this when it's all said and done, Anna and Peter and his new wife, Maxie will be very close, very close son and mom. <laughs> I think <laughs> I mean, not that I think this is as close as they'll be, but I think there will always be that um, reluctance in the relationship. Like, I think even close, it's always going to be Anna chasing him and him being like, not really into this. I think that's their dynamic, and I I wouldn't want them to lose it because it's funny. I agree. You totally took the words right out of my mouth. It can't change. It might soften. It might um, take sudden turns, but it's always going to stay the way it is now. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> we were talking about Anna and Peter, but then, um, I don't know. I really love that line. So how did you like Anna when she was threatening Obrecht? Cause I really love that line between Robert and Finn, where Finn was pretty much like, remind me not to piss her off. And Robert was like, you're still, you still need reminding. I thought that was hilarious. They're so cute. It's like the best bromance. I wasn't sure how I would feel about the three of them together or Robert coming back and how he would affect that relationship. I thought he would be like, 
uh, interject between Finn and Anna's, but it's actually like he's with Finn and Anna's on the outs. <laughs> yes, it's super cute. I really, really love it. And like I said, I love Anna and Finn together, but honestly, kind of liking Robert and Finn's dialogue so much more because it's super cute. When they're making fun of Anna, when they're talking about her, the whole thing's adorable. So we got some other news this week. I guess it was good news about Oscar. I totally forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they get the news. Oscar seems to understand the reality that it, you know, it doesn't mean I'm cured. Um, it's just, it just stopped growing. So he, he really did seem to kind of grasp the news accurately. But then yeah. like when he left, the doctor was such a dream crusher. She's like, oh no, he's still dying. Make no mistake. <laughs> Your kid's not going to live, but this is a good thing, you know? Celebrate, do something, do something special. I was just like, what? I was like, that's so harsh because, you know, they get this good news and then they're, you know, he leaves and then they have to hear this other side to it and kind of being brought back down to reality. But this is what I thought was going to happen. When they left the room and Kim was against the wall and Drew was facing her, I honestly thought he would have like went for it. I thought they were going to do it. Really? He just had no expression on his face. I don't know. I know, which is weird that I thought that, but just the way that she was standing there, I was like, oh gosh, maybe he's going to have an emotion, but he didn't. But I really thought that was going to happen. Just the way that they were positioned right there and they were alone and they just got this bittersweet news. Like if anything's going to make you do it, whatever. That's They're lost. <laughs> well, exactly. That's probably why she went straight to Julian. Because she's like, well, I leaned up against this wall and he still didn't kiss me. So I'm going to go see my other boyfriend. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't freaking blame her because, like, she gets some from Julian and he gets it. <laughs> so earlier I said that Julian was being hot and cold. And the thing is, I don't agree with Joss ruling his life in any way. But I really think it is a little too late to give her attitude about it now, though. <laughs> Like, yeah, because so out of it was so weird for me that he brought it up at that point in time. I know because it's kind of like with Michael. Like he walked up to him one day and was just giving him attitude for holding Wiley. Like, oh, VIP, you got privileges. Well, yes, like you know why? <laughs> why are you it's like really going... like a time delay? <laughs> yeah, like it was just really weird because it's kind of like he's like going after Carly's kids all hot and cold. Like, I don't think it's intentional, but he is really hot and cold. And then with Dawson, like, so, okay, you're mad at yourself for listening to a teenager about your love life. <laughs> so now you're going to go pick a fight with the teenager and act like one. I just thought that was really, it was a bit much. I was like, I get it. She was out of line, but you have no point right now. You should be mad at yourself for allowing someone else to control your life. Absolutely. I agree 100%. That's my, that's my final thoughts. <laughs> that's all I got. Cause I don't think we have any more story left to say or talk about. <laughs> I agree. And my brain is just shutting her down for this Friday. So I'm good. <laughs> I know Friday brains closed till next Friday. Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say it works all that much on the weekday. Anyways, have a great weekend. Great weekend. Bye. Bye.